spins it, I watch, and then it hits double zero just like that. My first time playing, I win. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening? I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And welcome to the second episode of the Chris and Christine Show. Do, 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 do. Second episode. <laughs> episode two, the sequel. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, well, this has been a quite a crazy week. Thank you guys so much for all the support you've given us because without you, we wouldn't be here doing this right now. Right. Thank you so much for helping us make our inaugural episode a smashing success. We've loved getting DMs, comments, and emails helping us be more informed about the Impossible Whopper. Now, Chris, I've received some fun facts for you about the Impossible Whopper, but are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. What do you got, baby? All right. So my friend and his wife, who are probably listening right now, listen shout, to, shout out, by right, the way. Shout, shout out, out to my friend Steve. Uh, they listened to the podcast this week, and they have been eating these Impossible Burgers for five months. They said that they actually started ordering them at, I think it's called Island Burger. Like islands or something different? Oh, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Island Burger. It's called <laughs> Islands. The chain of them. Yeah. So uh, Steve told me that, yes, they do taste good and they taste as good as real burgers. And get this one. When you bite into them, they actually have red juices that come out of them like no. real meat. I don't know how I feel about that. What? That's crazy. Red juices. Uh, now, I wonder, now that artificially, like the red dye or whatever? I don't know. Isn't red dye number five like not good probably i mean anything dyed is not good all right well we're just gonna have to go with them on this one i had another listener that sent me some facts and they said that the impossible whopper actually has 1800 milligrams of sodium regular burgers have zero wait sodium's bad for you right excessive amounts i think like your daily value is supposed to be 2300 milligrams so you get that in like one patty that's (laughs) just an fyi be aware of what you're consuming, people. Of, well, yeah, of course. I mean, ain't like Ruth Chris is serving this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's just our little report out on what happened last week and some of those great comments. But why don't you take it over, Chris? Okay. So this week we have a great lineup for you. Yeah. I'm super excited about the topics we're chatting about today. But before we do that, we want you, our listeners, to learn a little bit more about us. All right. So last week. I don't know if you remember, but I asked Chris if he wanted to share a little bit about what he does for a living or his hobbies. And he said, to be concluded. That's right. Yeah. So we were wanting to share a little bit more about him and what he does for a living. So we came up with a little game called the Guess What Game. Yes. Guess what I do for work. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we've made it very easy. It's a multiple choice question for you. You have four different options. So here we go. All right. In terms of what Chris does for work, is he A, a technology consultant, B, a truck driver, C, a school teacher, or D, a police officer? So we are going to give you a second to decide. And while we do, we have a fun little new announcement for you. If you have any topics or questions you would want discussed on the show, please feel free to email us at Chris and Christine Podcast at gmail.com. That's Chris and Christine Podcast at gmail.com. All right, Chris, you've kept us in suspense long enough. Why don't you tell us what you do? 
Okay, everybody, if you had guessed truck driver, you would be correct. And yes, I am a truck driver ding, by ding, trade. Ding. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, so on our first date, I don't think you had actually told me what you did for a living. And I never would have guessed, I mean, not to stereotype, but I never would have guessed that you're a truck driver. I'd really love to hear the story of how that oh, happened. Okay, I'm sure everybody else would too. So what happened was... Um, I was, uh, in my early twenties, I was working for this, um, like packaging company. They sold packaging supplies like, uh, boxes and bubble wrap, things like that. And they had a couple old, um, box trucks and they had this one old, I'm talking super old semi. It's an old cab over. If you, if you may trucking knows what I'm talking about. It's a kind of house, like a big square box, the front windshield square, like a big front square. Anyways, it's ugly and they had one of the shop <laughs> and um the guy who drove it was getting old and he didn't want to do it anymore but uh, i was new there and they needed someone to drive it to replace the guy because he was thinking about leaving or whatever and i was like they asked me hey um you got you want to drive the truck and i said uh sure what do i gotta do well, you got to go to truck driving school. You got to get your truck driving license. You mean your they didn't just like hand you the keys and be like, here, you can start driving? No, not, no, legally they couldn't do that. But, uh, you know, they, I got to sit inside it when I was, you know, younger. But, um, but no, I had to go to truck driving school. And back then there was a program you can do and it was free. By the way, they don't have this program anymore. Not that I know of. But it was free, but it was entire like um, year course though. It was uh, two nights a week of like classroom work and a little hands on. And every Saturday was like hands on for like an entire year. And then he had to take the test and all these tests he had to do. And finally, I got my uh, CDL license. That's that's uh, we call for the commercial driver's license. So real quick, so you were working full time. And then at night you were going to school and then on Saturdays you were like learning how to drive the semi? Yes, that's correct. That's for incredible. An entire, for an entire year. Thank you so much. So I did, I did that and then I was working there for a little while doing that. And then like, you know, you talk shop with other people and they say like, oh, if you work here, you make more money. You work there, make more money. And by the way, I never, ever thought I would be a truck driver. Like like all the jobs in the whole world, that would be like the last thing I would think I was going to end up doing. Well... So I know that you say that, but ladies and gentlemen, I have to brag on this guy just a little bit because I know he's hopped around with different places. He's been with the same company for a number of years and he's been top tier driver. And if you don't know what that means, it's a big deal. Yeah, it means I'm the best. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you are in your industry. You definitely do have that designation. And he has had that for several years running. So even though it wasn't something that you thought you were going to do, you've been very successful with it. And also to be more specific on actually what I do for truck driving, because truck driving is such a broad term. There's, there's so many like different types of truck driving, you know, um, there's over the road truck driver, which everybody thinks of when you think of truck driver. I'm not that I'm local. I'm, although I've never have been over the road truck driving, all my driving experience has only been like local in town, the Los Angeles, San Diego region. Like that's it. And what I do now is I am a gasoline tanker driver. I deliver the gas to the gas station. If it wasn't for me, your car wouldn't turn on, basically. Thank you very much. Sell. We appreciate you. Well, you're welcome, and you're all welcome. <laughs> yeah, so he works really long hours, and it's a pretty high-demand industry. So if you know anybody that's looking, recommend them to go into 
the truck driving industry. Yeah, we're actually, speaking of what you just said that just now, I just thought of something. We are actually um, hiring and um, all the companies in the area, Los Angeles, San Diego area, are looking for drivers because a lot of the drivers we've had over the years have all retired. And we're having a hard time for whatever reason, getting new recruits to come in. So they have actually increased the wages quite a bit in the industry, like a lot. So you wouldn't think about it, but uh, we make we do pretty good, you know? Yeah, and Chris and I have a lot of conversations about this, about like going to trade school and getting a certification or going to college. And, you know, there's a lot of these different types of professions that are trade school certifications that are going unfilled with because there's a lack of qualified candidates. And so, I mean, it's just something that we talk about. I don't know if you all think about that, but I think it's a very viable career. Chris has found great success with it and oh, has yeah. a beautiful life here in San Diego. If well, I thank say you so. so much. So Christine, what does, uh, what made you want to do what you do? Well, so I'm in education, like I mentioned last week, but uh, that's kind of like you. It's not where I had envisioned that my life would be. I actually thought that I wanted to be a chef. Like I had my whole, whole portfolio that I was working oh, on. Oh, she'd be an awesome chef. Tonight Aww. she cooked dinner and it was amazing. So what was it you actually cooked tonight? Do you know? Well, she should know. I mean, you cooked <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> I, I do know. Uh, so tonight it was just, um, I did a roasted tri-tip in the crock pot. Then I charred some Brussels sprouts. I made a balsamic reduction and I put Brussels sprouts with pancetta. And then on the side, I created a little mix of uh, zucchini, summer squash, orange and yellow bell peppers, white onions with garlic powder. Wow. That sounds impressive. (laughs) Yeah. So like I said, with my life, I kind of thought that it would end up differently I thought that I would be a chef or a cosmetologist because I was artistic and I really wanted to do nails. Uh, But like you, my life took a little bit of a different path. And so here I am today. But that's definitely a different story for a different episode of a podcast. Perfect. That was well, well said. And well cooked, by the way. That was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I loved it so much. It was so good. Oh, I'm so glad. Okay. So so tonight. Oh, yeah. So back to you. I I wanted to ask you one more question, Chris. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You've been driving truck for a while now. What have you learned as a driver? I'm sure you have a lot of stories. Okay. One thing. I did learn is that people drive crazy and that um, you can kind of almost predict the way a driver is going to like turn based on their pattern or their body language or the way they're kind of moving. Like I say, okay, that guy right there, I bet you he's going to turn left. He just turned left. Look at that. You see that? Things like that. Or, or this guy. Oh, or another thing I really realize is take advantage of people that are like on their phones. By the way, it's a law out here in California, but um, no one really follows it. Anytime anyone stopped anywhere at a light, at a, anything, they are face down into their phone. That's a perfect time to cut them off because they're not looking. You could just boom right in. <laughs> well, you don't do that at all because, you know, I cu- that well, I cut them make... off, but I don't like use my phone. But right. The, that wouldn't know. make you top tier driver if you were cutting. Yes. Top tier driver is like the best of the best. <laughs> it means you did nothing wrong, period. Right. It's actually interesting uh, in the truck set. Chris drives, they have dash cams. And so he really, he has to be on it. And I think that's something that it's good for all of us to know is there's like that safety feature in there. And 
Yeah. Well, it's basically like a blame who kind of thing. Like if there's an accident, you say your driver was doing was on his phone or whatever or something, you know, um, with the video evidence, the video, the camera faces both directions. It faces in and out. So it catches the driver doing something wrong and it sees what's in front of you, too. So. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of Uber cars that actually are having that type of front oh, and yeah. rear you can facing. Buy, I think you can buy that at Costco. They've yeah. got like a setup for that. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyway. enough about that. So okay. I just wanted to hear about what you learned about driving. So oh, thank thanks you. so much for thank sharing. And, no problem. And, I'm sure and be that safe I've... out there, everybody. Don't yeah. drink and drive and don't text and drive. And make sure you got both hands on the wheel sometime when you're driving. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> So anyways, okay. Words of wisdom from Chris. Just FYI, he's fabulous on a road trip when I'm driving. Yes, definitely. I snore like nobody else. Not a backseat driver at all. Of course not. And maybe I should mention that my shirt does say I speak fluent sarcasm. It does. It does. does. So so there is that thread. Is that a hint? Is that a clue? Should should I be looking Mm -hmm. at that? It's sarcasm with a little bit of snark. So it's snarcasm. There you go. There you go. I love it. All right. Well, we've spent enough time on this. Let's hop into what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. go. Okay. You guys ready? Okay. We are going to dive into a little bit of talking about gambling. Gambling. That's right. Like the casinos or the lottery or whatever. But in this particular case, it's going to be all about the gambling at the casino. But is it all gambling or is it one specific game? Oh, that's right. I forgot to tell you. My favorite game in the whole casino is roulette. That's right. Roulette. Roulette. It is so fun. You know, we love gambling. We love roulette. Uh, We like to go on little gambling dates. We go to the casinos nearby here. In fact, we might even be able to make it out there tonight. That would be perfect. Yeah, but... We have some fun stuff to talk about as it relates to roulette. Well, the roulette, the casinos out here, by the way, they did not start having roulette or craps or games like that till recently. And they're a little different than the ones you might find in uh, Las Vegas. But for this scenario, we're talking about the ones in Las Vegas because everybody knows about those ones. It's been a little wheel. You've got the little ball. It drops around. It dances around on the little wheel until it falls into a slot with a number. And that's how you play the game. But how I got started was kind of funny. I was in Laughlin. Probably I was like 21 years old. And um, I was new, you know, to the gaming. I didn't really gamble much. And I was only took 21, so I didn't have a lot of money. And I'm walking around the casino, and I'm looking at all the tables. And I'm looking at the uh, roulette table. And I'm watching everybody play and everything. And I'm like, what's this game about? So the guys, the dealer is trying to say it's numbers and whatever. So I'm like, okay. I reach in my pocket. I pull out $3.00. Cash and I said, um, that double zero number at the top, can I put this on that? That will play. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, you'll put straight up cash. Okay, three bucks, double zero, sure. Spins it, I watch, and then it hits double zero just like that. My first time playing, I win. It was like a hundred bucks. And for me at the time, hundred bucks was a lot of money. So I was super excited. I get all the chips and I was so excited. That's unbelievable. Your first time you hit it straight up. That's on a double right. zero? Yes. That's that's crazy. And the funny thing is now that I play, I never play double zero. <laughs> I, I I just stay away from it. But I love gambling. It's awesome. Well, I mean I love gambling. I love playing roulette, you know. And I only, by the way, I only play with the money I plan to lose. So if you're gonna gamble only play with what you figure you're already going to lose so that when you do lose, it's not like a big loss. I'm saying don't blow your whole paycheck or your mortgage or rent or whatever. Um, there is a number for that, by the way. We're not going to try to get all serious right now. but um, Right, but we just want to say, like, when we're talking about gambling, we're talking about small amounts every once in a while. 
but it is something that's a little fun hobby for us. And when you like win, and when you win big, like I did a couple walk of, away from the table. <laughs> yes, a couple of months ago, I won pretty big on roulette. Oh my goodness, it's like you're on cloud nine. It's unbelievable. And then feeling. you stick the money in your pocket and you walk away. If you're good, if you're yeah. good about it. If you're dumb, you just start playing more. <laughs> So I, I want you to tell us, you know, you've been playing roulette for, you know, 20 something years, something like that. So tell yeah, us what probably, your strategy yeah. is. Okay. Well, my strategy is I have my favorite numbers um, and my favorite groups of numbers. They're usually kind of in the center of the uh, board. Um, so like, for example, this is kind of like off the, the wall here. I love the number 21 and 18. 18 because you're legally an adult and 21 because you can drink and gamble at least in Vegas and they sit side by side So I kind of just put a big stack in the middle between both of them. Well, I like that approach I think that's a, a fun strategy, but I am a newbie. I really am clueless when it comes to roulette Chris has been teaching me a little bit kind of been introduced. It's not me that to the hard game. It's like pick your favorite number and then if it lands you win right, I mean you're you're simplifying it but i am new to this and i think that a little bit of that has to do with uh kind of my life as an adult before moving to san diego and several years before that i actually when i was in my like i would say my mid-20s i was involved in a church where gambling was not allowed <gasps> drinking was not allowed and we didn't what? dance yeah it was super conservative i love the people there but for me I had this like fear associated with it that like if I gambled a little bit that it would get out of control. And so I didn't want to do it at all. And so when Chris and I started dating and he was like, hey, let's go out to this casino that's near the house. I was like, ooh, this is kind of fun. And the first time we went to Vegas, I was like, oh my gosh, what is this place? This is so fun. <laughs> so we sat down. I remember first time we went to Vegas, we sat down at the roulette table and I was just watching him and I was so fascinated by all of the colorful chips of course that's how they get you yeah. right I, I liked the pretty colors and they have the colors pink and purple oh yeah yeah and so I'm really attracted to that so I typically get pink and purple but I I don't have a nest well I guess I do have a strategy here's mine put a little bit on everything and you're guaranteed <laughs> to win <laughs> yeah. yeah this cost you though because you are spreading it out though right but i mean i i gain back what i win almost every time unless it's like zero or double zero but i will say that i like to decorate the roulette table to look a little bit like a christmas tree because i go. really i really do put like one chip on every single number and as long as I cover it pretty well, and as long as it doesn't hit zero or double zero, because I never bet on those, then I at least walk away with like plus one chip. That's fantastic. Well, you know, um, we, were, we were playing the last time. I lost all my chips already, and I was placing um, pretty big chips towards the end. I was placing big stacks, and she was being very conservative with her playing. She was kind of like spreading it out, like very thinly, little pocket, little here and there. I said, well, you know what? If you would stack, because the payout per single hit is 35 to 1, which means if you had one chip, say on one number, that's $35 you're going to get back. Now imagine if you had $10 on that same, same single number. The payout is like, what, $350? Yeah, but see, this is where there's the big difference, and this is where we have a lot of conversations about like what we bet and on what and what our strategy is because Chris has this all-in approach, and I'm very careful in what I put out on the table. 
So it was funny that night when we were at the casino that I had an interesting conversation with Chris and the dealer at our table because Chris was encouraging me and like standing over my shoulder trying to say, you know, go all in. Yeah, because I actually had lost my money prior to this happening. Yeah, I think that's important detail. He had no chips left and I still had stacks and stacks that were going on. But um, Chris was wondering why I wasn't more risky with my my bets. And I said, and he laughed and the dealer laughed at me, you know, I'm in my doctorate. So sometimes I get in that researcher head and I said, actually, uh, research says that women are more risk averse than men when it comes to gambling. We tend to not make riskier bets if it's not a sure thing. And they both cackled like of they course, were laughing. Of course, of course we did. Because right. Because hilarious. I'm standing, I'm, I'm standing at a roulette table citing research, but I Actually, this week, found an NPR report, as well as more than 100 other research articles and studies, that have found that women aren't as willing to take risks as men. But my question is, why? If there's this much research on it, why? Because I think that I am a risky enough person. I'm a risk taker to a certain extent. But for some reason, researchers say that men are willing to take more risks. So my question for you, well, Chris, why do you feel so comfortable taking risks? Well, okay. First off, when I'm playing roulette and I'm down to like my last like few chips, like I'm what the hell? Let them put them all on whatever number, you know, that's kind of why I roll. But like, I'm not going to walk in and put down my, you know, $100 or whatever all on one number. That's crazy. I would never do that. When it gets down to the bottom of the pile, it also depends if you're down, if you got nothing to lose, um, you're down to like last few chips, whatever, you know, play them. This is now or never. It's, you're going to hit the jackpot now or you're never going to hit it. Okay. But my question is, does that only relate to gambling or are you risky like that in life? Because that's what this research is saying, that it's not only in gambling, but it's in life that men are willing to take more risks than yeah, women. Probably, you know, I, I mean, it's probably thing, you know, guys can probably be more, be more risky. If you look at the driving stats. People, guys are crazier drivers than women for the most part. You know, so I wonder what there is that like why it is that men are willing to take more risks than women. I think that we need to do some more research on that. And we'd love your feedback on that, like what your perspective is and why why men take more risks. Or maybe you disagree with us. You know, maybe there's new research that you found that says that women are willing to take risks. But that sets us up perfectly for our next topic tonight which is relationships. What? That's like taboo. That's like taboo language, you know? (laughs) Right. Well, it's kind of related to roulette, don't you think? Of course. Yeah. Of course. There's similarities between relationships and roulette, taking risks, thinking about going all in. So I think it's important to remember that both Chris and I have been through divorce before. So taking risks in relationships can be intimidating. Am I right? Oh, definitely. You know, it's very scary, especially going to go on a blind date or any kind of date for that matter. You know, you don't know where this is going to go, where it's going to lead, and you kind of hold a lot back. So you are kind of conservative towards the beginning, and as you kind of develop a relationship with somebody, you kind of do get a little more comfortable, and you do start to go a little more all in until you do really do go all in, and you put a little shiny uh, ring on someone's finger. (laughs) (laughs) So Chris had a funny analogy. I have to tell you this. One of the things that I love about him. I mean, there's so many different things I love about him. Thank but, you. Thank you. But one of the things is he speaks in analogies. Well, of, you know, okay, everybody speaks in analogies. I mean, Jesus spoke in analogies. They're called the parables. Right. So Chris comes up with analogies 
all the time. But he had this great analogy that he came up with that I really wanted him to share about relationships, roulette, risk taking. So, Chris, do you want to share that with everybody? You're talking about the uh, story about the guy at the uh, casino? The Battle Black. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we're at the casino. Same time we were there that one night. And this dude was playing. He put like 100 bucks down. He was playing. He actually was doing pretty good. Um, and he had, I don't know what he had, maybe 100, 150 bucks in chips. And he um, decided to put it all on black, like which is crazy. I didn't ever put that much money out on one single sp- thing. But he did. He put it all on black. And then the guy just like starts walking around. And he literally just like walks away from the table like, oh, well. Like, I guess I lost it. And the dealer had to, like, shout him out. Hey, no, dude, come back, come back, come back. You actually won. And it was kind of crazy, you know? Yeah, it was really crazy because this guy was walking away from the win. Like, he had all of his chips on the table. He'd already made the decision to go all in. And before he could see what the outcome was, he was walking away. Like, he didn't even want to wait for, the like, the punchline. Right. So he thought that he already lost. He already much like expected to lose. And he just said, oh, I guess that's it. So he started walking away like, oh, well, you know, but uh, but he actually won, which is crazy, you know, and it wasn't like a lot of money, you know, I mean, gosh. Yeah. And I love this story so much, especially when we're talking about roulette and we're talking about relationships, because I think that it reminds us of how important it is to push through uncertainty, because that was what happened with that guy is he was uncertain. It was 50 50 whether or not he was going to win. And he felt like it was easier to just walk away from the win than face the loss. And I think that that's what sometimes people do, maybe not just in relationships, but other aspects of life is like, let's just walk away from it so we don't have to face failure. And what we recommend is don't walk away from the win. And why is that, Chris? Because the jackpot is out there and it could be yours. And we just like to remind you that we are not relationship experts. I mean, we're still newbies at this thing. We've been together for only a year and a couple of months. A cup of coffee, really. Right, in the bigger scheme of things. But we have learned some things on our journey, and we love to share with you along the way. But we are not therapists. Yes, we have to put that out there as a legal disclaimer. We are not therapists. (laughs) Right. Uh, So that kind of wraps up our two big topics, but we are going to quickly bring in our last couple of things because we know you've been waiting for it. And so without further ado, we are going to jump into hot topics. My favorite. Here we go. Are you ready for this one? Yes. What do you got for me, baby? All right. So this one in hot topics has to do with donuts. Oh, I love donuts. I know. Not just donuts, but glow-in-the-dark donuts. Wait, they glow in the wait. They glow in the dark. Right, they glow in the dark. So glow-in-the-dark donuts are a new trending item on Instagram, according to Mashable. They started in Sydney, Australia, and here's how you make them: you take a regular donut, then separately in a bowl you get prepared frosting. You know, like the kind that you can get in the bakery or the baking aisle at the grocery store. Okay, okay. Separately, you crush up vitamin b tablets like like vitamins vitamin b tablets and then you mix it in with the frosting and it makes the frosting glow they said it's like the thiamine thiamine something like that thiamine do you have to like like with glow sticks you have to break it or do you have to like put it like in the dark or something (laughs) no so i was watching the video and it's like they crushed up all of the vitamin d tablets and then they poured it in with the frosting and they mixed it and then it started to glow and Oh, so these are called glow nuts. <laughs> that is the official name. We are not being glow, inappropriate. Glow nuts, huh? Yeah. So my big question for you, Chris, 
is would you eat these vitamin B Yo, glowing donuts? No, I would donuts? only if it was in the dark. It'd be kind of cool. Like pitch black. You're like, check me out. We got the glow nuts in our mouth. And you run around with the glow nuts in your mouth. You're like, hey, what's up, glow nut wars? And you run around and you like try to like catch them. You know, so it's like, them. like if you could smear that frosting on somebody, would they start to glow in the dark then? Well, I don't know about all that, but maybe, you know, I can see this being a rad thing like that. Oh, it's a rad. I said at like <laughs> a, uh, like a rave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it, I was watching the video and it, it looked really intriguing, but then I also started to wonder like, what are the long-term effects of consuming all of that vitamin B? If it's glowing on the donut, the chances are it's like glowing on your inside, right? Oh gosh. I wonder what the toilet looks like after that. All right. So... <laughs> Please, if you decide to test out creating glow donuts, take a picture, post it on our Facebook page, The Chris and Christine Show, or email it to us because we would love to hear your stories. But we are not advising you to overly consume vitamin B. We are just saying it is a trending topic. Yes. In Sydney, Australia, of all places. Yeah. Down under. Yeah. All right, so we're going to just wrap this session out with our quick would you rather. And this would you rather comes to us from my 14-year-old son, Ezekiel. And he would like to know, and you get to go first, Chris. Would you rather be stranded on a deserted island with a dog or with a cat and why? Oh, gosh. Well, I'd have to say probably a dog because dog's man's best friend. And a dog... It's like bigger than a cat. So if something you ran into like say a grizzly bear on this deserted island, <laughs> the dog would actually like do something like a cat is probably going to like purr and leave you alone and like bring you a dead mouse once in a while. What do I do with that? And, um, you know, it's probably going to scratch you when you like, you, you know, petted it wrong or something, but a cat, Oh, by the way, in a cat, think about this. You're on a deserted island. So there's water everywhere. Have you put a cat in the bath? <laughs> You know, <laughs> see what happens to a cat. You put a cat in the bath. Now a dog, a dog, my dog jumps in the bathtub all the time. If I say the word bath, my dog like gets all super excited, runs to the bathtub. He's like, wait, wait, my turn, my turn. Okay. Calm down. I get the water in there first. Relax. Just chill out. He'll jump in there while it's still filling up. He's all super excited, you know? Right. Well, I wouldn't pick a dog. I would pick a cat, but here's my reasoning why. Cats are smaller. They eat less. So food's going to go a little bit further because, you know, when you're trying to figure out what you're going to eat plus a huge dog. Well, I, I, didn't know we had to feed, I didn't know we had to feed the animal. Oh well, that was part of the program. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we keep all living things living. But I was thinking because you're on a deserted island that cats actually like fish. And so you'd be able to catch oh, fish. Yeah. And so there'd be like an endless supply of food. And then cats are furry well, like a little I bit. Said, Try to get a cat in the water to catch no, your fish. No, you're catching it for oh, them. I you're catch catching it for the it. You're fish. sharing. Oh. Sharing is caring. Oh. So you don't have to like make extra. I don't oh. know if dogs eat fish. I well, don't I'm know. Well, I'm telling you, if there's nothing else to eat, a dog will probably eat whatever. You know, dogs eat. Yeah, I've seen some stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, I was just thinking that, you know, cats are smaller. They take up less space. That they might not be as invasive. Might not leave as much of a footprint on the a deserted island. So that was my thinking. Yeah. This has been so much fun. We want to thank you for joining us for week two of the Chris and Christine show. And we do want to let you know that you can join us over on Facebook on our Facebook page, the Chris and Christine show. And we'd love to see your love over there. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been a crazy week and thank you so much for all the support. And also if you want to email us, you can email us on the show email and you can write us with comments, show ideas, or even uh, future uh, show sponsorships. I'm talking to you, big wigs. <laughs> I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward. <laughs> <laughs>